your parents proud of you? I I've decided to take the lead this time. I have uh I've relegated Matt to my sidekick. I I still let him do the interviews, but he uh he answers to me now. Uh so uh get get ready for a whole new era of are your parents proud of you? Uh Jenna's in charge edition. Matt is looking at me with his arms crossed, looking very disappointed right now. I'm so sorry, Matt. You take over again. I was just going to see where you you were going to go with this. I, you know what? I we shouldn't go there. What? I'm 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 just going to cause problems. Um, you remember how early on I went like pre where we even started recording like any episodes? I wanted you to like record a solo episode by yourself, and you were like, "No, I will not do that." uh yeah and i'm still not gonna do that one of these days no anyway hi everyone we have a really cool uh guest this week we have jesus perez the co-founder and artistic director of chicago kids company which jenna they are in their 30th season right now 30 years of producing children's theater damn those uh they those kids have gotten old then. <laughs> Are we talking about Jesus or the kids? Well, I, I was talking about the kids. Damn, why are you trying to throw shade at our guest, Matt? Jesus and I have known each other for about a year and a half now, and I've had the the uh, the great pleasure of being in a few of their shows and will and get the other honor of continuing to be in a few more of their shows this year because uh, at the time when we I was recording with them, I just came out of a fitting for his next show of the three pigs which pig are you i'm the wolf of course you're the wolf what is that of why is it you saying that of course you're the wolf it just it makes too much sense well first of all you're way too thin to be a pig i'm way too uh, tall you're and way too hairy yeah and all of those things work for a wolf yeah so you know what you you're uh you're you're leaning into your typecasting I might grow a giant beard for it. I'm not sure yet. Uh, hey, you you do that. Yeah. Anyway, Jesus is a Jeff Award-winning costume designer and has designed costumes for the Marriott, Chicago Shakespeare Theater, Circle Theater, and Rocky Mountain Repertory. And for CKC, Chicago Kids Company, he writes the scripts, directs the shows, designs, and builds the costumes, scenery, and props. Jesus and I met in person at the Chicago Kids Company office, and we talked all things theater and life. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jesus Perez. Welcome, Jesus. Hello, Thank Matthew. You. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. So we are, this is my first in-person recording in a couple months for this new season. We are in the Chicago Kids Company headquarters yes we are how has this been the same studio or same space since we you guys started how long have you been here no that's a really good question because this has sort of evolved back and forth when we first started 30 years ago yeah Paige kaufman who is the executive director and, and co-founder of this company um we started this company out of our apartments mm -hmm. she, the extra room in her house was uh the office and the extra rooms in my house were productions. That's where right. costumes. I mean, I didn't build scenery in my house. God forbid, my landlord would have been thrilled. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but that's where uh, that those rooms literally. If 
if we if we could see where we're sitting right now, this is what this room looked like exactly. In my house. We're in your personal office. Which is also my shop. Yeah. So we're surrounded by pictures, paintings, fabrics, mm. sewing machine patterns, uh, uh, craft supplies, yeah. uh, a computer, uh, an ironing <laughs> board. I mean, anything that a creative would need in their lives it's in is, in, is in this room. All we need is a microwave, a mini fridge. And a lazy boy. And you'll never leave this room. Never. Again. There's no reason. No. So let me. I'm going to give you my first impressions when I first got here, uh-huh. because I worked with you guys for about a year now. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was called back about same if time. Not more. Maybe yeah. a year and a half or two. Maybe Probably I'm around there. Yeah. So I came here. Didn't really know a lot about kids theater. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've done children's shows. Right. Right. But you know, those were like at night for families. Yeah. 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 Nothing just for kids. Right. Right. So I came here, didn't really know much, yeah. met you guys, thought, well, these guys are very lovely, <laughs> but, and was called back for just a bunch of whatever shows you were going to do. Season, right? Yeah, season. And I thought, well, this was fun, not really sure what to make out of it, and left, and then you guys cast me in your original show, mm-hmm, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Claus, mm-hmm. which I kept telling people was called a holiday experience, turns out it's just a musical, <laughs> but it's an experience. <laughs> to and some I, people, sure. I think so. Never have I had more fun oh, up God until bless. now. God bless. And the one thing I took away from from doing that show, and then I've done I did Rapunzel, and I'm going to be doing a few more stuff with you guys this year, was there's just a science to this. Yeah. Not not just your company, but yeah. kids theater in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was at first my first my first rehearsal, I was at a seven, and then you said more and more and more, and I soon realized oh. I have to be at 11. Mm-hmm. Never really understood mm-hmm. why until you told us the speech of, mm-hmm. if you're not there, if you're not at that 11, at mm-hmm. that high point, the kids have lost you. Right. And it's and it's a focused 11. Right. Because that's a misconception. Theater for Young Audiences or Children's Theater, which is what we've been doing for 30 years and for me a little bit longer in page as well because we started as actors. And then when we found a niche in, in this kind of genre of theater, we realized, oh, I think think that we can create it mm-hmm. and so what came of of let's try to do a show turn into a career we realize that it's not just about the perception of what you see on stage as an audience person there is a journey to get to that place right. so you say 11 that might mean to somebody just you know full out you know crazy yeah no that is a focused planned strategic 11 and that's hard to get to that is hard and when you started you had this amazing amount of energy and you had all these great instincts and you still do of course and then when you got to 11 it's like okay now we got to hone that Uh and that was what was great to see you and other actors come when they start to hone what it is that we do and how that communicates to children because you can be an 11 in intention and your body can be still but you're still at an 11, and it communicates, and it works. And that's the key. Some, a lot of people will take this genre, children's theater, for granted because they think it's just shtick. And yeah. it's not. It is a skill. Just like comedy is in different genres of comedy. It's not just funny. Yeah. There's, there are different roads to get to the punchline. But at the end of the day, we're all telling a story. Tell the story. Right. Take the road that you're going to take, but you got to get to the destination. 
and I was with so many veterans. I say veterans, like people who have worked with you guys before. Yeah, or older than you. We can say that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a baby, I still like the thing. And I didn't get that at first. Well, because again, that first rehearsal was just me, you, yeah. and my other co-star. Acting partner, uh, yeah. Brenda. Yeah. Uh, and you two, I was literally... I've never been more overwhelmed in rehearsal just watching yeah. you two yeah. just go back to the ideas or what have you done before? Yeah. Why, why would this right. work? And I'm like, uh, 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 yeah. what, do you, what do you want from me? Yeah, yeah. I can imagine how overwhelming it was because we were continuing a conversation that we had started one, two, three, four shows ago right. with each, each show that she had done. And then you're coming into a jumping in to not only a fast rehearsal process, but one of the heightened, most heightened characters that we've written, especially in this original production, because normally we do uh, original adaptations. Right. This one is a 100% written and 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 uh, musically written and and script written storytelling uh, of Chicago Kids Company of Paige and I, that uh, that each actor that plays the role needs to follow the template, but they also need to bring in their own. Yeah. And then so for you to jump on that train with your own stuff. I'm sure it was crazy. It was. It was. And then you guys worked really hard on your own, which I thought was really impressive. That you both took the time to then start to communicate with each other on how together as a team, because you're really, really representative of sort of a vaudevillian type of team right. in that show, and you have to be connected. And if you're not, then it doesn't work. And you guys got there, it was and so it, and it was because you worked at it. It wasn't easy. Nope. Um, and we will get you there, but you did the work, and that that was really impressive that you guys were committed and then uh, and and so appreciated. It was so much fun. Yeah, uh, and I remember this story that you I heard you say once. You know, you done this one show, Mrs. Claus, for yeah. thirty years. Tw- yeah, 20, it's about twenty three now. Twenty three, okay. And yeah. for some reason, not even for some reason, that sounds bad. Like, but the audience still love it. Oh, they love it. And nothing's really changed. Like maybe some tweaks here and there, but pretty much. Mm-hmm. The base is still there, yeah, and it still works. Yep, and you know, a show that's been written again yeah. twenty plus years ago yeah. still works for yep. an audience in twenty twenty. Yeah, we, yeah, we. Uh, it's a show that we started, and it kind of was created out of an emergency. Oh, and I'll really? tell you the story in a second. Yeah, it was, uh, but it's stuck. It's stuck because it has a a lovely, uh, simple plot line. But it's adventurous and it's funny and it's and it's connected and the kids relate to the characters they relate to the story, and they become a big part of the story. Which we, I won't give away too much. Um, if when you all come and see it, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, but it works because as any classic or traditional or or uh, a show that people will um, continue to come to see every year uh, are usually those heartfelt shows like. Christmas shows really, mm-hmm. if the heart is in the right place, um, why do people continue to see Christmas Carol? And I'm certainly not comparing ourselves to the classic of the Christmas Carol, right. but people have been coming for twenty three, four years. Yeah. Um, when we first started the show, we the show was actually this is so funny. It was called uh, Frosty, okay, <laughs> and it was about Frosty the Snowman. And then we were very excited about it. It was like, okay, we're going to, because we're trying to find iconic characters at Christmas that wasn't just your generic Christmas toy shop right. show. Again, not to put down anybody's Christmas toy shop show, but we didn't want to do that. The, uh, so we had the Frosty show. And then all of a sudden, another company, lovely, reputable company in the city, was doing Frosty the Snowman. Oh. 
And so they uh, made us aware that they were doing that show, that they had the rights to it. We we thought that we were safe, a public domain character or a fictional character. We weren't doing their version or um, anyway. No ill feelings, but we were like, okay, literally the flyer was at the printers with Frosty and the script was written. So we're like, okay, call and tell them to stop the presses. <laughs> I'm not even joking. So we they stopped the presses. Like, we're going to give you a different title tomorrow. Right. I think it was tomorrow. And so we're like, okay, we got to come up with another iconic character and then just announce it. And then in the meantime... We're right the show. So we're like, okay, Santa, the elves, Rudolph. We can't do Rudolph because it's going to fall into the same category as yeah. Frosty. We can't do these things. And we're like, oh, Mrs. Claus. Duh. What were we going to call it? Think, 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 think. Mrs. Mrs. Claus. <laughs> so we put, so it was Mrs. Claus, a holiday musical, and that's what they printed. And then we rewrote the script. The fuss pots, the characters that you wrote, that you play, were the, are, Besides Mrs. Claus are the two original characters from the original script. Oh, very cool. And uh and then that uh stuck, but we wrote the whole show and and uh, that's how that was born out of need and, and uh and then it, it, it was great because it it worked out. It yeah. was perfect. And what's interesting to hear in this story and like all the other stories, which was even though you've been doing this thirty years there seems to be a scrappy, young, hungry feeling within this company. Yeah. No matter how long you've been here, <laughs> and I always seem to appreciate that. And like, and I've talked to like yeah. you know artistic directors or people who worked in theater companies yeah. or who have started theater companies yeah. who yeah. are, you know, they're going, they're finding their space for their show. Yeah. Or they are still trying to right. figure it out. Right. And, and, I, and the thing I realize is it doesn't matter how old, how young, how experienced uh, your company is. As long as you're still driven and you're yeah. still trying to make Amen. it work, then anything is possible. Amen. God bless. Absolutely, that is the that is absolute truth. We we started, and we thought, oh, we can do this. Let's do it. We we did it. Uh, we we made a hundred. We profited a hundred dollars. Mm. Our first show, we were so happy. We went out to dinner. Look at us. We're so fancy. We made a hundred dollars, um, and then that started to evolve. We started to pick up, and we put in the hours. We put in the work. We did the legwork. We worked hard right to get it we visited schools we went to the library we went uh we 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 noted all the schools we made lists we bundled mailings we we zip coded we did everything we could possibly do to get the word out and when you put in the legwork and, and you want something to work uh it pays off um we didn't think of anything ill we're like let's do it you know you're hungry for it it's your product right um, and it's what we wanted to do. Was it laid out perfectly when we started? Absolutely not. Show to show to show to show. And before you know it, 30 years. And you're like, okay. And we're still sort of that same, like you said, that same mentality in the sense of, of course, technology and knowledge and experience. And uh, we've learned how to not work as hard. Even though we work hard, we're working smarter. Right. And that's the goal. Your passion is the same. It's still fiery. It's still vibrant. But how can you do it smarter so then you can enjoy it as well on a different level? Um, we're getting close to, you know, starting to talk about retirement and where does that mean and where does it go? Because we love it and uh, we want it to continue to live its own life because it, it is. But it, 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 but it is part of who we are uh, uh, in our spirit and in our creativity that it's kind of, kind of weird to see it 
go to somebody else. Right, it's hard. And and we're thrilled if somebody can take it, but it has to be somebody that has that same love, perception, or or, or drive, or heart for it. Because you can give it to somebody who knows theater and loves theater. That's great. Yeah. But that's not what this is. No. This is a, a labor of love that really manifested itself into something that it's not making us a million, do- million dollars, but and not to sound bougie or weird, but it really does inspire a lot of people and thousands and hundreds of people that we'll never meet. Mm-hmm. We'll never know how it affected it. They could have hated it and affected it in that way. It's still an effect. Right. You know, they love it or they're inspired by it or they have memories of their childhood. Oh, yeah, we saw that. That was great. We have adults that are bringing their children. We have grandparents that are bringing their grandchildren because they used to bring their children to it. We have adults that are literally still singing some of the songs um, when they when they learned, when they came to see the shows when they were little, um, and I've told you know many stories of people that have come up to me as an adult and 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 mentioned how grateful they are, and uh, and and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, all we can do is continue to be true to what we do and the choices we make, and and then that's that's the payoff that right. that it does make a difference. Um, if we didn't really care, well, then it would just be be a business junk food. Yeah, and it's not. You How know. many original shows do or adaptations do you have? Oh, shows? that's a good question. I want to say oh, at one point I remember saying nineteen, but it could be more than that. Um, we cover all the classics. I think we're one of the few, if not the last, of the companies that do classic fairy tales. But of course, we put our spin on it, which is a little bit uh, uh, a lot more energetic, uh, very funny, uh, cartoonish. You know, in the sense that. It has that kind of uh, reaction. It allows the actor to 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 learn to hone in those comic physical skills. Um, uh, the music that Paige Paige writes the music, uh, and the and the songs, uh, and uh, they're all catchy and they're all memorable. Um, we don't over over musical, or we don't we don't overdo the shows with too much music, so then those specific really good songs can stand out. Right. Um, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, fun, vivid characters. So we make it accessible to the audience uh, t- of any age. We can have a two-year-old s- sit there and just be mesmerized by the whole thing, and then uh, and we can have an eighth grader that's laughing at four other different things. Right. And then we have grandma coming out the door, going, "I had just as much fun as the kids." There was my grandma voice, um, <laughs> and uh, and it was like, "Great, great," because guess what? You're the one paying. <laughs> So that's the secret. So shout out to all the grandmas. Yeah, yeah. The grandmas and the parents. And if they accept it and they love it and they trust us, and that's the secret. Mm-hmm. Trust. Mm-hmm. The audience has to trust what we do. Because we're committed and we love it and we're true to it and we're true to our audience. We're true to who we do it for. We've always known that it, we do it for the kids. Mm-hmm. Remember, we're doing it for the kids. And that is the secret key. Once you veer from that, you're going to lose your way. Right. Well, speaking of kids, I want to talk about young Jesus Perez. As oh a kid. Lord, that poor kid! So, <laughs> you grew up in Aurora. You were you grew up in the suburbs. I was born in Aurora. But then you went. You moved to Puerto Rico. That's right. That's right. I was born in Aurora, and uh, lived there till I was eight, and uh, and then we moved to Puerto Rico and lived there for five years, and then I came back myself to live with my grandparents to then go to school, and uh, and it's that's a whole different. Uh, thing that my therapist and I talk about all the time. Okay. What were you like as a child then? I was exactly the same. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. 
ridiculous. I would go to school. I'm telling you right now, I would go to school in Puerto Rico. And then, oh, my Lord, Jesus in heaven. I, I would have a suitcase full of uh, costumey things, costumey, crafty things. And that's how I would play with the other kids at school. Hmm. Not all the time. You know, enough that I didn't get beat up. Right. But enough where it's like, oh, today we're going to play in, or in classroom. And uh, and we would make up plays or we would do stories. Uh, sometimes I would, I mean, we would just color or cut out little paper dolls and stuff and then do little plays with those. And like, it was just this weird little uh, uh, fascination with, with creating characters and, and having fun and dressing up that at the time I just thought it was fun. And now looking back at it, it's like, wow, that was super, super telling because literally that's what I do now. Right. Same. The same thing, very, you know, always tried to, to fit into every and in any group. I think that came from, you know, survival skills, of course, because yeah. I think most of us do have that tendency to we, we can get into and fit into any situation. Right. And that's another day for the therapist as well. <laughs> But uh, but I think that part of that for me was the costumey stuff and the crafty stuff. Yeah. Um, I wasn't running around punching other kids and then hiding, you know, or or playing ball or I I wasn't that kid, you know. Right. Um. Uh. And uh, but I'm gonna say I was pretty much exactly the same. Where did that like bringing the costumes, bringing all this creativity come from? Was it something, someone? No. That's really interesting because no one in my family is art was art an artist or right. art driven uh, uh i think that i think that one of the things for me is when i was little in, in the united states we're so overwhelmed and and exposed to so much entertainment and tv and cartoons and that kind of stimuli you know that that when i went to puerto rico it was different mm -hmm. that wasn't quite the same the entertainment the television the cartoons the books the the movies to me, it was just not the same. So I think that if I was, if I were to get deep, I think that I was trying to recreate that, that. Uh, in my own world. So I would create these characters. I would create these cartoons. I would draw. I would cut out. I would play. I would, uh, I would build forts. I would build a world that was that. Which I think now, thinking back, also as an adult, that's what we're doing. We're creating what I remember thinking was the fun storytelling, right. the entertainment, or, or or what was exciting to me. Because I'm telling you, my biggest influences as a kid were shows like Bozo Circus, like Was Ray Rayner, all the yeah. Chicago WGN shows were very incredibly influential. And I remember the first time I met Bozo as an adult. I mean, literally, it was like, I mean, it was... Was it the Bob Bell? No. Was, it, he, Joe, was no, it Joey? It was Joey. Uh, but God bless him. But Bob Bell was my God. Right. You would have been a really good cookie. I'm just letting you well, know. Well, shut your mouth. <laughs> so then, cookie, of course, I related to 100%. Brown, yeah. I was standing, the very first show we ever did here at Chicago Kids Company was Goldie and Dub Bears. And, uh, and we've sort of gotten away from the, from the satirical scripts and got more classic, but that was our first. And we got to present two songs. On the Bozo Show. Really? Yep. And you can find it in the archives somewhere. Oh, that's so cool. And and I remember standing there in the Bozo Show at the time. It wasn't Bozo Circus anymore. It was Bozo Show. And I, and I saw Bozo, and I was like, okay, here's my God. <laughs> and then find that we're standing there, and all of a sudden I hear this voice behind me. And I'm standing by the camera waiting for the for our, our the scene to go on, because Paige and I stood and sort of monitored the, the, the thing. And, uh, and the actors were coming on, and I hear this voice 
swear to Lord in heaven, if it wasn't cookie and I knew it and I heard it and I almost urinated myself. And I, I'm telling you, it was life changing. I turned around and there he is. I almost wept. I'm not right. even kidding. I almost wept. And, uh, and I said, hello. And he goes, hi. And I'm, any actor that's done a show with us knows that I use so many influences of cookie in our shows. Yeah. There's the cookie, the clown take that if you could see me, it's that, that shocking. Yeah. Where you stop and your whole body uh, stops and, uh, uh, and you do the double take or the triple take or whatever you need to right. do. Cookie the Clown. It's like, okay, we're going to do cookies. Do the cookie thing right now. People have no idea what I'm Oh, no. About. I know. But it, like uh, me listening yep. to you like yep. this, I would watch yep. the Bozo Garray yep. WG yep. every Christmas Eve. Yep. I'm telling you, a lot of my humor comes from the one three bear <laughs> sketch they did. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes. When they and yeah. the joke was they probably were drinking way too much yeah. before they went on stage. Oh yeah. And they go, Well, someone was sleeping in my bed and Bozo goes, Well, don't look at me. Yes. <laughs> it's like well, you look, can't yeah. say that. Yeah. Well, and the thing is that it's innocent humor. Yep. Uh, it's our dirty minds that go there. Yep. But if you read some of the scripts, for our Goldilocks and the Three Bears now, that those lines are in there. That's amazing. And one time years ago, WGN, when they were cleaning out their storage room, they called a few theaters and they said, hey, we have some stuff from old shows, especially the Buzzle Show, that we're giving away to certain companies. And I was asked to come with a few other companies. And we went through the cages yeah. at WGN. That uh, Again, I'm pointing to things that you can't see, but there is a <laughs> painter's palette on the wall that was Bozo's. Wow. That that phone, there's a phone here. Yeah. That's a wooden phone with a big thing. It's like, <laughs> and I'll never forget it. It was Bozo talking to Cookie, or the other way around, where they would say, hey, where are you, blah, blah, blah. I'm at this place, and it's raining, and then water would shoot out through this big hole on the Classic. phone and wet Bozo in the nose. And if it was snowing, then they would blow snow through the hole, through the phone, you know, sticky fun things. So I was lucky enough to grab some of those things, and I have it. And there were a few other pieces that we used actually in a lot of our shows that now are busted or gone. Right. But those two things right there are like museums. That's amazing. Smithsonian bozo stuff that I am not giving away to anyone. <laughs> and if you go back and you look at some of these, you will see them and you'll be like, so uh, television, uh, bozo. Anyway, so I think that that's what influenced me as a kid. And then when I went to Puerto Rico and I didn't see it there, I created it myself. Not understanding that it was theater, not understanding that it was an art form, not understanding that it was entertainment of any of, of a specific kind. It was just play. Right. It was just creativity. And I think that is what I think and I know that that's what I hope to pass on to our audiences. Right. That they can go home and have a box full of stuff that they can pull from and pretend and play. Mm. Grab a box and cut a window out of it and make a house. Right. That's awesome. You know, yeah. And then as you're getting older, when you went back to the States and you go to college, yeah. you were starting to become an actor. Yeah. But did that, were you going in just wanting to be an actor yeah. or, or was... No. No? No, I went in to just be an actor. Okay. So yeah. then what yeah. sort of changed? Was it just, yeah. again, the childhood? Yeah. No, I, I went as an actor. I, I became an equity actor. I was doing, uh, I started, uh, uh, I thought it would, it would be musical theater, but it ended up just being straight comedies. Um, and... Uh, and I did musical theater, of course, but it was the, when I started working in children's theater professionally that I realized that, oh, there is a world yeah. that does exist. What I, what I was, used to play around with in my mind 
we can tell these stories that I know. Right. Um, and then when Paige approached me and said, hey, we want to do a show. Do you want to help? Because she knew that I had experience in, with other companies uh, writing and, and directing at that time. Because um, I would do that on the side. You know, I would do the shows. And then if they offered a gig, you know, I'd continue. Because I'm kind of bossy that way. And I like creating things. And I like to, you know, sort of leadery type personality. Um, that then when I, we had the opportunity to produce our own, we did it. And I'm telling you, it wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant to be this long. We did one show, second show. Hey, wh- wh- what do we... Where do we see this in five years? Mm-hmm. Where do we see this in the next five years? You know, and then here we are finding what our calling was. Mm-hmm. Because do I miss being on stage? Absolutely. Do I, uh, would I like to go back on stage? Y- y- yes. Do I think I can still do it? I, I don't know. Because mm-hmm. it's been so long. Um, but I get to express those feelings and those into those instincts in my writing, in my directing, and then allowing the actor then take lead on that and then make it their own is really, really a good collaboration and and revelation to me because it's not only on my shoulders to create a character, but now I'm doing it with another another creative, and that's really, really exciting and fun. And and of course, I will monitor it to see what my you know my comfort zone is as a writer right. and director, but um. But I think that I get to be that actor with another voice, mm-hmm. which is yours. So I understand you are you you self taught yourself a lot, whether yes. it's teaching yourself when you got to Puerto Rico how to speak Spanish, whether yep. it was yep. sock puppets. Yep. If we had to, t- <laughs> if we had to, yes. you like my research? Yes. Yes. <laughs> if we had to put you in charge of a classroom, oh my god! Doesn't matter what what subject would it be, and for how old? Uh necessarily not theater could be anything well you know what i think that manifesting your creativity and your voice in any way is super super important um and so first of all i i think that if i had to make up a class it would be like it would be a class to where we could learn to find what our voice is Mm -hmm. and i know that sounds really generic and really psycho babbly a little bit not to put down the field of psychology in any way. Um, Shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, is it a cooking class? Okay, so what's your voice? How do you cook? What what's, what do you like to eat? Well, I don't know. I can I don't know how to cook anything. Well, that's not what we're talking about. That we're talking help about us, yeah. yeah, what do you like to eat? Okay, well, let's look at it. Um, when I realized, because there's, there's a saying or this philosophy of like gay audacity. Have you ever heard that? No. A gay audacity means like because you're gay, you can do anything. Okay. You can just figure it out. It's like, oh, what? Build a house? I can figure it out. I'm gay. You know what I mean? Or I can address? Sure. I can do it. I'm, you know what I mean? So it's like find that audacity in you to figure it out. But you have to, you have, to have the passion for it somewhere in, your, in, your, in yourself. And that's what I call your voice. Hmm. If I had to teach a class, do, do I want to do it for older people that are jaded? Or 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 upset or or overwhelmed with world problems, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I could, right? But there's a lot of baggage and weirdness in there that's going to get in the way. Um, of teens, maybe too old again because they're dealing with their stuff. But 
an age where there is no inhib- inhibition, you know. Have you ever thought about being the real teacher or like going into education, I should say? You know, that's a very good question because my family talks about it all the time. They're like, well, why don't you go teach at a school? I'm like, yeah, but am I reaching enough people? Right. I know this sounds kind of, again, pretentious. But when I can write and produce, when we can write and produce something, and we can have 200, 300, 400 people come and experience that, and then they can take it and manifest it however they need to and want to in their home, that's teaching. Mm-hmm. Theater is inherently, hands down, educational. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people will take it for granted because they think it's fun and play. Yeah. But you will learn something every time. Sometimes it's logistical, sometimes it's technical, and sometimes it's emotional. A play can make you feel something that you didn't know you could feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that TYA may do that in a raw form for kids because their responses are screaming and yelling and clapping and singing and dancing. Right. Well, we're not going to do that. You're not talking down to them. You know. And sometimes it may feel that way. I think cause sometimes I watch some of our actors like, be careful. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Watch your tone. Right. Because uh, it's the, the riding the fence. Yeah. But again, I'm, I'm not here. We're not trying to do a master class in evolution when we do you know, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, you know, interactions between humans and animals. We're not, that's not our purpose. We're just telling a story. They just happen to be bears. Right. They just happen to live in a forest. You know, it's like people who are, we do the Three Little Pigs. They get so consumed with the superficiality of the Three Little Pigs. It's like, we get it. It's called the Three Little Pigs. <laughs> what else do you got? What else you got? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do I want to teach? Uh, I feel like that's what we're doing already. Yeah. I, f- I don't want to. I don't want to get s- stuck in a room. I think that's the, if that makes any sense. I don't want to get stuck in a system, mm-hmm. and I think the system can muddle our voices. Right. I mean, that's why, like, as much as I want to teach, and yeah, I've done yeah. teaching and all yeah, that yeah. for all ages. Yeah. I love the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I love what I do. Yeah, yeah. But then you leave the classroom, yeah. and then you're dealing with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 500 other things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's just, is it worth it? Teachers are amazing. They are. And it takes a real specific person to be there. And they're so important. So in no way am I saying that teaching is 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 bad or or or, or shutting, you know, or shutting yourself down or or, or controlling or minimalizing your potential just for me, for me, right? I, I need a bigger field. I need a bigger wingspan. You know, um, teachers are so incredibly important because, of course, they're the real voice of inspiration. Mm-hmm. You choose to come to see my show. Yeah, you see me once or twice a year as a, as an audience person. You know, you take your field trip or your family takes you to play. I get one shot. Mm-hmm. Teachers have you every day. Every day, they have a absolute responsibility they're the true voice of inspiration um but i think for me let me help you help you teacher with what i do right for sure so (laughs) excuse me so uh let's talk a little about alphabets alphabets yeah is this at the early uh Alphabet Soup? Alphabet Soup, the early... Alphabet Soup. So, this was the pre-Chicago Kids Company. Yeah. Alphabet Soup is a company that still exists. Yeah. And it was started by my dear friend and mentor, Mark Pence and Susie Holm. 
uh, which I, I am so grateful for because they exposed me to what this is. Yeah. And uh, Paige had worked with them right out of college as well. Um, I think that's where we met as friends. Uh, but it was years later that, that we started this company. But um, but Alphabet Soup started as pretty much what I do. And uh, and I and I started with them. And I remember getting cast in one of their shows. And I was working this office job. And I was working this other job. And as an actor, you're doing community theater. Or you're doing all these things. And I was participating in any kind of theater I could possibly be part of. That's how I taught myself. That's how I learned. By watching others. By doing everything and anything that came my way. But at the same time, I had to pay bills. Yeah. So I worked at a restaurant. I worked at this. I worked at that. And I got this paid gig. My very first paid gig. I think it was like Five dollars, yeah, five or ten dollars a job, and um, and uh, I remember Mark and I was like, I don't know if I should take it. And Mark said to me, Well, you got to make a decision. Are you an actor? Shit, or get off the pot. Hmm. And when he said that to me, I was like, Oh, I'm giving. I've been given an ultimatum. Okay, I I quit those jobs. Hmm. I literally quit those jobs. Wow. I took that job. I did another theater job, and all of a sudden, then I got cast at Pheasant Run, and I was like, Okay, so now. Okay, that was meant to be. Alphabet Soup taught me a lot. And and I had asked them, and, and with all due respect, because I adore them and I love them, and I know that Mark is retired now from it, and Susie's still doing it. I said, I'm ready to be a partner with them. And uh, and they decided that they didn't want or need a partner. Uh, and uh, I said, well, I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm not going to stick around. And I think they sort of maybe played chicken. Really? And again, as much as I love them, but they lost out. Yeah. And all this. They lost out. I mean, I would have been a great contributor because they inspired me. They set me on track. Uh, I owe everything to that inspiration and to what Mark allowed me to be a part of. So there's no denying that if it wasn't for Alphabet Soup, I probably wouldn't have stepped on the on that path. Hmm. Have your parents seen a CKC or Chicago Kids Company show? Okay, so I have two sets of parents. I have my biological parents who I love and adore, and they live in Puerto Rico still. And then I have my adopted parents. They're still relatives, but they're the ones that I lived with when in my formative years when I moved back to the States. And uh, and they have seen every show, and they see everything. When I was an actor, they came to everything. Yeah, I mean, they're 100% uh, supportive. Uh, my sisters and, and, and that family, and, and then they're just 100%. My parents, I think because they're more culturally... Uh, uh, connected to the Puerto Rican culture, and they live in Puerto Rico, and I think things have changed. But they are eighty-two years old. Well, then let's get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they know what I do. I think I don't. They have never seen a CKC show. They have my mother as an actor saw me do one show when I was Marcellus in the Music Man at the Rialto Square Theater in Joliet. Um, my dad has never seen a show. Um, but they're uh, again. I don't need them to see it. Right. Uh, they don't. They. That's my thing. They know that that's my thing. They don't. It's like a job. It's what I do. So I love the fact that that's that's their point of view of it. I don't feel, um, you know, that there's anything wrong with that. Right. You know, I know there are a lot of people that culturally, it's like that's not their parents' gig, but they don't get in your way. They never ever stopped me or discouraged me mm-hmm. or got in the way of they always said whatever if it makes you happy and you're safe whatever makes you happy if you're happy don't worry about what anybody else says just do it just be careful be be safe but do not worry about what anybody else says right I mean, my parents love them 
Yeah. They have not seen one of these kids' yeah. shows I've done, yeah. which is totally fine. They yeah. just sort of they took it as, oh, if you're doing a show at ten thirty yeah. in the morning, yeah. then you're doing a job. Yeah, yeah. So also, so we, yeah. we'll we'll support you. We'll know yeah. what you're doing, and you don't have the need for them to come. I mean, yeah. it's not important to you. Yeah. If they, can, I would rather do a million shows. This is the truth, and this is my own nervousness and anxiety. I would rather do a million shows for strangers than one show for a family member. Yeah. Because it makes me nervous and it's weird and it's like then I'm checking myself for some weird reason. Right. And I love that my family comes and they're so wonderful and they're so open and they're so um, supportive and when they have to be critical they're critical and I accept it and I love it because I know where it's coming from. Right. But uh, but I'm I'm a, I'm I'm an artist I think for for the for the people for the audience for for those all those eyes that I don't know. Right. I think most of us are. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of weird to make it a special thing, but I definitely don't need friends and family to come and see what I no. do. If you do, that's great. Right. That's great. But I, I don't, I can't, I, it's not important to me. Well, you know what is important? What's that? This game we're about to play. Oh, Lord Jesus in heaven. Well, yeah, we're going to need them. This game is called Time for Two, Two Minutes on the Clock. Oh, shit. Oh, you'd be great. Random icebreaker questions. No right, no wrong. I'm just curious to see what your opinion is. Are they legal or illegal questions? Uh, <laughs> yes, what your social security <laughs> number is and all that. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. What do you like in your coffee? Nothing. What uh, favorite kind of tea? No tea. Typical bedtime? 8.30. <laughs> Typical wake-up time? 6.30. Uh, fruits or veggies? Veggies. What is in your fridge right now? Uh, rice, beans, meat. Toilet paper, over or under? Over. Who let the dogs out? Who? Who? <laughs> uh, who is the greatest game show host of all time? Oh my God, Wink Martindale. <laughs> uh, if we had to put you on a reality show, what reality show would it be? Oh Lord in heaven, uh, probably uh, Amazing Race. <laughs> uh, do you put pineapple on pizza? Yes. Do you put ketchup on your hot dogs? Hell no. <laughs> uh, how do you like your eggs? Uh, over soft. Uh, rocks or stones? Stones. AC or DC? AC. Uh, what West Wing character is your favorite? Oh, Lord, if I watched it. Oh, no. Favorite... I'm horrible. I'm okay, horrible. I'm watching now. Favorite president? Kennedy. Uh, favorite beetle? Uh, uh, Paul McCartney. What is at the end of the rainbow? Uh, the same. It starts and it ends exactly the same. <laughs> what language could, do you wish you speak fluently? Oh, Italian. Ooh. Uh, what favorite kind of breakfast food? Eggs. Uh, 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 karaoke song of choice. Oh, Desperado. A uh, fair part of the human face. Oh, the eyes. Would you rather have unlimited sushi or unlimited tacos? Oh, sushi. Would you rather live in a zoo or a roller coaster park? Oh, zoo, zoo, zoo. <laughs> Uh, favorite movie? Oh, The Color Purple. Oh, movie that scared the bejesus out of you. Precious. Uncle Joey or Uncle Jesse? Jesse. <laughs> Alligators or crocodiles? Alligators. Uh, what planet do you wish you lived on? Uh, Mars looks really interesting to me. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> never... Mars, you know what? <laughs> Mars looks interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Jesus, I have had so much fun talking to you. But... My gosh, fun. We we, we could talk. Well, we could oh, talk well I know you could talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but before we go, I have to ask, uh, are your parents proud of you? Yes. 
absolutely 100%. My, my parents in Puerto Rico, they don't know what the hell I do. They love it because I'm passionate and I'm a good human person, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think that one thing that my dad showed me, and I, and I know that my family here too, is when you walk into a room, just make sure that people are happy that you're in that room. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means to you, but make that and I and 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 I know that my dad in Puerto Rico feels that way, and that's what he does when he walks into a room. When my family here, they walk into a room, they make themselves known, and not only necessarily, but sometimes in an obnoxious way, but that that the room is happy that you that you're in it too. Well, I'm happy you're in this room. With Thank it. you, precious. Thank you, Jesus, for coming on. This oh my gosh, so what fun. a treat! Yeah, I had so much fun. I love it. Thank you. People might be wondering, what shows uh, is uh, Chicago Kids Company going to be producing this year? Well, like I said, we got the Three Little Pigs, The Tortoise and the Hare, Little Red Riding Hood, and Pinocchio. And so, course, so are you also playing the wolf in Little Red Riding Hood? I have no idea. That has not been announced yet. <laughs> and of course, for the 30th I think, time. I think just in any shows going forward that have a wolf character, it should just be played by you. You hear that into the woods on Broadway? Yeah, you hear that? All casting directors everywhere. If you've got a part that's just a wolf, give it to Matt Schufrider. He can do it. I'll grow a beard. And of course, uh, you've will... already grown a beard. That's right. This is just, this is stubble. Uh, yeah, close enough. there. Yeah. It's and just... of course, CK, the Chicago Kids Company will be a, I keep saying CKC because that's just what, that's short. Uh, yeah, because will... you want to be a cool guy. That's what they call themselves. Yeah, I'm not judging you. I don't know. Anyway, they will, of course, be producing Mrs. Claus, a holiday musical for the 30th time in December. So a lot of great stuff in the works for them. And my thanks to Jesus for letting me come on uh, into the office. Well, I had to for the fitting. But Jenna, I remember that one time we took up jobs at the at summer camp and we had to play uh, I have never worked at a summer camp. Go with the bit. <laughs> no, not not that one. I I I refuse to admit under any circumstances that I have now or have ever worked at a summer camp. I will have you know that I have just now booked a job to be Are Your Parents Proud of You's official winter camp counselor. No kids at all. No, there's kids. It's just it's in the snow and it's it's winter time. You know, you know how uh, parents are trying to get their kids out of the house when it's freezing cold outside. Absolutely. That's absolutely a thing that happens, right? I don't have children. I don't have. Children. Um, no, no. Although you already look like a dad. I'm one cardigan away from having grandchildren. Um, <clears throat> you can follow us on Facebook, like us on Instagram, email us parents, podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that's us. And uh, our our guest next week is someone. Actor Joan Perry. Oh, yeah. We went to Columbia with Joan. We did go to Columbia with Joan. So we'll have all that and more next week on Are Your Parents Proud of You? Good night. Bye. Bye.